This is Diana Cordy with Book Talk. My guest is Jory Fleming, author of How to Be Human, An Autistic Man's Guide to Life. Jory relates his journey from an uncommunicative child with disabilities who was prone to extreme outbursts to becoming the first young adult with autism to attend Oxford University on a Rhodes Scholarship. Jory, welcome to Book Talk. Thank you. I'm happy to speak with you today. A Wall Street Journal article this year said, Jory Fleming sees the neurotypical world from an outsider's perspective. What's the neurotypical world? You know, as someone whose brain perhaps works differently than others, I think the neurotypical world is maybe just another way to say the world. Uh, The environment as someone who's autistic, the environment, the people in that environment can affect me in many different ways. And I think one of the hallmarks of, of my experiences in life has been to navigate this complex world that humans have created uh, in order to be a part of it, in order to contribute what I can contribute, and as well as to learn from others. In your book, there are times when you Talk about the advantages of the autistic brain. How do those advantages help you in your work? So one of the positive aspects of being autistic has been my ability to see things in a different way. And I think in general, that is true of many different kinds of diversity. I think when two people get together and they have different life experiences, perhaps, or different ways of thinking, then the sum can be greater than each of the parts. And that's what I think of my, I guess, the opportunity that I have to bring my way of thinking into different circles. So, of course, I'm able to do that in communicating through the book. And in my other work as a climate researcher, I think I'm able to do that as well. By thinking about communication visually, for example, I'm a very visual thinker. And so some of the things that I'm able to do with my research group here at the University of South Carolina is to translate climate information into visuals or graphics or maps that might help people distill what the future might look like for them in order to help them move forward. So I think maybe being a visual thinker is one way that approaching that kind of work is is enhanced in some way. What's the biggest disadvantage? I think one of the biggest disadvantages for how I interact with others, it's, it's almost like a big disadvantage is actually a sum of many small disadvantages in communication. I feel like no matter what kind of work you do or how you interact with the community, at some point, communication is going to come up. And usually, the mechanism for that is language. And that's one of the areas that I struggle the most with. And I think I have been able to to work on and improve, but I think will always remain a huge challenge. And, you know, I think it's just a sequence of, even if I'm engaging in only one conversation, it's just an endless sequence of 
tiny interpretations that I may be subject to get wrong or misinterpret. I may miss information that was displayed non-verbally through body language or through the tone of words and so on. And I think that over time and over the course of a conversation, over the course of a day, these kind of things can add up. And sometimes I might miss something that was important or I may not be fully understood in the other direction either. And I think that does present real challenges. And I don't know if it's a single thing per se, but I think that it's just because it's so integral to what people do day to day, to some extent, no matter what they're doing. I, I think that's where the challenge comes in for me. When you meet a person with autism, is it easier to communicate? There can be some areas where it is easier, but there are others where it's harder. I've had the, the fortune to meet you know, other people that are autistic or in other ways neurodiverse. And one of the things that definitely stands out to me is that just as in the way that a given neurotypical person is different from another, uh, that's also true when it comes to autism, when it comes to, to many other different aspects of the human experience. And so I feel like it's hard to answer that question because it is true that there are some areas where we can relate or have similar experiences or ways of thinking. But at the same time, there can be other ways that are different. And I think that when you're presented with a, almost a mixed bag, it can almost, sometimes it can cancel out, uh, I guess, in, in practice. How was your book put together with the writer, Lyric Winnick? Yeah, so the the book is scheduled, or I guess um, formatted, almost like a conversation between Lyric and I. And one of the great experiences that I had with this book is that, you know, again, with language, it's not necessarily the most intuitive format for me. But of course, a book is, is in language. And so the ability to collaborate with Lyric, who's a writer, was a phenomenal experience because it enabled me to, to share more fully with the audience. And I think by engaging in a conversation, my hope for the book is that a reader can maybe envision themselves taking the place of lyric shoes, so to speak, in the book. And if they don't have a direct connection with an autistic person in their own life, then they could have an experience of that through the book and in that way encounter a different perspective, uh, which to me is one of the great joys of reading a book. And so I think there were parts of it that were really dynamic. And because it occurred over a stretch of time, it was almost a, an organic work that kind of grew in part out of our relationship together, uh, which is, I think, part of what makes it a book in the end. How long have you lived with your service dog, Daisy? Daisy's been a part of my life since I started undergraduate degree in 2013. And so that's what, seven, eight years now uh -huh. that we've been working together. And what's her job with you? Yeah. And for those who don't know, service dogs, uh, also called assistance animals, are trained to perform specific tasks to help a person navigate the world. And for me, Daisy has behaviors that she's trained to do for autism, um, but also for cerebral palsy and medical equipment that I wear due to a long-term condition. And so for each of those three things, she's trained for different behaviors. 
When it comes to autism, one of the ones that I use most frequently is a behavior called rest, where I can indicate to Daisy with my hand to lay her head on my leg or another aspect of my body, my feet say. And in so doing, there'll be a little bit of pressure. And in high stimuli environments where I'm seated, especially, I can find that very helpful in grounding me and taking some of the, the external stressors of the environment away for a time. I imagine she's been a good conversation starter with students and people you work with. Yes, absolutely. So I guess one of the interesting things about, you know, being a a team is that, you know, she's pretty noticeable, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) And I think that it, it signifies right away that I have disabilities and But as you mentioned, it can also be an avenue for conversation. And I think that some of those, most, I would say the vast majority of those conversations are pretty positive and enable me to to share with others and sometimes for others to share with me as well. You know, as, as someone with both visible and invisible disabilities, the visible one is, is maybe easier to comprehend, but the, as you were saying, the internal space is something that can be really enriching to explore because I think there's some sense where someone else's mind is in an entirely unique uh, way of seeing the world, a way of being in the world. And if you're able to tap into that, whether it's through a conversation with a book, I think can be enriching for you too. Well, thank you. My guest is Jory Fleming, author of How to Be Human, An Autistic Man's Guide to Life, published by Simon & Schuster. This is Diana Cordy with Book Talk. Thank you very much. I hope you have a lovely day. Thank you.